You are listening to You Were Made for This, the podcast to help people of faith find more joy in their relationships. Welcome to You Were Made for This. If you find yourself wanting more from your relationships, you've come to the right place. Here you'll discover practical principles you can use to experience the life-giving relationships you were made for. And now here's your host, John Sertalic. Hey, thank you, Carol. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 50 where today we consider three reasons for why relationships are worth the work they take to grow and maintain. Before we get into this, I know some of our listeners aren't aware of my private email list I use to send a brief email every Wednesday. It's my every Wednesday email that offers an insight, thought, or tip to find more joy in our relationships. To get access to my every Wednesday email, just go to johnsertalic.com forward slash podcast and fill in the blue and white form you'll see on the page. And Sertalic, of course, is spelled C-E-R-T-A-L-I-C. Back now to the topic for today's show. Do you ever wonder if relationships are worth it? Even in the best of circumstances, they can be a lot of work. Misunderstandings, unmet expectations, communication breakdowns, hurts, etc. Are relationships worth the work that they take? In last week's episode, Sacrifice and Relationships, we saw in Romans 12 of the New Testament that the Apostle Paul speaking of how relationships require sacrifice for them to work. To sacrifice means we have to give up something, and it has to be something important. It's not like a vegan or vegetarian giving up pork chops for Lent. That's not a sacrifice at all. To sacrifice in our relationships means saying no to our natural inclinations. In the 21 verses of Romans 12, eight of them are directives to, quote, do not, unquote. All eight of these do not Uh, verses are all about what we naturally gravitate toward in our relationships. Is it worth the effort to counter these proclivities of ours? Listen in today where we look at three reasons why relationships are worth the effort they take to make them the best they can be. I start with the premise that we are all made for relationships. We were made for this. Given this fact, relationships are worth the hard work they require because, first of all, we were made to have a personal relationship with God so we can reflect His image and character. There's a wonderful relationship with the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we have the distinct privilege of reflecting the image of God, which is steeped in relationships. Relationships reflect the character of God. God wants a personal relationship with us. This is the very first thing I learned about God when, as a 19-year-old college freshman, Carol, our executive producer, uh, told me about him. I I talk about this conversation in episode 21 of this podcast. Uh, It's entitled, The Most Important Relationship of All. I also mention it in chapter 7 of my book, Them. If God values relationships with human beings as much, maybe I would be wise to do the same. 
Among other things, we learn in our relationship with God that he is all about truth. He's all about forgiveness, grace, and justice. He's all about love, kindness, and compassion, and so many other qualities. We have the privilege of reflecting these and other characteristics of God to people. When we give people a picture of who God is by how we relate to them, it certainly pleases God, just as Romans 12, 1 states. So that's the first reason why relationships are worth the effort to work and maintain them. It's because we were made to have a personal relationship with God so we can reflect his image and character. Secondly, we were made for our relationships to impact the world for good. Relationships are how we leave our mark on the world. You know, go to most funerals, and what's talked about concerning the deceased is the mark they left on their relationships with people. I'll give you an example. Uh, Just recently, uh, Carol's um, 97-year-old mother passed away, and the funeral was actually yesterday, the, the day before I'm recording this. And it, it was just a great funeral. When we, when we went there, um, it, the funeral began with, uh, I don't know, maybe 10, 11 um, older, gray-haired, 80-somethings of the Ladies Guild who uh, wanted to sing a song in tribute to Emma, who was uh, Carol's mom. And the lady who introduced uh, the song, um, you could just tell by the tone of her voice that there was a deep relationship that these women had with with Emma, Carol's mom. They spoke very fondly of her, and they wanted to honor her by singing uh, one of her favorite hymns at at her funeral. Um, The whole thing was just about their their relationship, and you could you could cut it with a knife. It was it was it was that that strong. And another part of the service. Emily, one of uh, Emma's granddaughters, spoke of her love for her grandmother and, and how she taught her how, how to knit a washcloth. And it wasn't about what she taught. It was really more about the relationship that they had. And it was just a, a great uh, and a sweet memory that a granddaughter had for her grandmother who had passed away. And then finally, the, the pastor himself. Um, he, he used the phrase many times, my friend Emma. He had an interesting relationship with her. Uh, from what I remember of, of Carol's mom, she's a rather feisty person and, in the best sense of the word. And the pastor uh, encountered that uh, often. He said that uh, he, he always knew where he stood with Emma. He said that uh, she would tell him exactly what, what she was thinking. He never, he never had to guess. And it was always in a, in a very positive tone. I think he grew as a result of his relationship with Emma. There was just a, a fondness there that came through in the tone of his voice. And it was obvious that Emma, Carol's mom, had really impacted the world for good in, in these various relationships with the pastor, with her granddaughter, with her, uh, the women of the Ladies' Guild. You know, if, if I were still teaching, as I did years ago, decades ago, I think I would take kids on a field trip to funerals. I might even design a course on funerals. I think it'd be kind of fun. And what I would do is I'd I'd have them listen to the relationship stories that were shared in funerals. And then we'd go back to the classroom and talk about them. 
we would, I would ask, you know, what did these stories tell you about the person? What were the qualities of the deceased that were admired, especially in their relationships? And also what was not said? And what about the funerals where little or nothing was commented upon about relationships of the deceased? That will tell you a lot. And then I would say to the students, what do you want said about you at your funeral? What are you doing now as a 7-year-old or a 17-year-old to build relationships with people? What are you going to do to impact the world for good through your relationships? So that's the second reason why relationships are worth the effort, because we were made for them, and we were made to impact the world for good through our relationships. Thirdly, we were made for our relationships to grow us as human beings created in the image of God. Our relationships are an important tool that God uses to complete the good work he started within us, as mentioned in Philippians 1.6. Our relationships bring out the best in us, especially when we bring out the best in others. We learn about ourselves through our relationships. We learn about our self-centeredness. We learn about how to be more loving and compassionate in our relationships. We learn how to both extend and receive grace through our relationships. As I talk about this, I'm reminded of a photo that a staff member took of uh, my mother-in-law, Janet's mom, Elda, at the memory care facility where she lives. I'll have a a copy of it in the show notes uh, down at the bottom. In this uh, rather candid photo, there's a picture of Elda feeding her table mate. And the thing that really strikes me about this is that Elda can barely feed herself anymore. And yet, there was this quality deep down within her that caused her to want to help someone, someone who had it worse than she did. You know, Alzheimer's has robbed her of much, but not this relational quality. She has grown as a human being because of her relationships. She's grown as a human being because she is made in the image of God. Well, here's what I've learned today. Here's, here's what's, what's struck me in this whole discussion of the worth of working for our relationships to make them the best they can be. Life-giving, fulfilling relationships do not happen by accident. They, they take work. It takes changing our natural inclination and how we relate uh, in order to live counterintuitively. It, it takes doing uh, the opposite of all the, the eight don'ts that Paul talks about in Romans 12. He says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to. Do not curse. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone for evil. Do not take revenge. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. All those eight do-nots, we are called to live counterintuitively to them. And all of this takes time, lots of time a lifetime of working at it, but it's worth the work. And it's work that only God can do through us. We need his strength and power to make our relationships 
the best they can be. We can't do it on our own. And that's the third reason why relationships are worth the trouble it takes to grow and maintain them. We were made for relationships to grow us as human beings created in the image of God. If you forget everything else, uh, here's the one thought, the one idea I hope that you remember from today's episode. In spite of their difficulty at times, relationships are worth the effort because we were made for this. It's who we are. Without relationships, we live a narrow, self-centered life where we never grow as a person. But with them, we have the potential to impact the world for good, one relationship at a time. Well, here's what uh, we can all do in response to today's show. Think about one relationship in our life that needs some improvement. And then we ask God to show us how, how to make that relationship just 1% better today. Just 1%. But we need to ask him for the power to do so, so that it reflects more on him than on us. Well, in closing, I hope your thinking was stimulated by today's show to both reflect and to act so that you will find the joy God intends for you through your various relationships. Because after all, you were made for this. And now to conclude our show today with our relationship quote of the week. It comes to us from Anne Lamont uh, from her book, Almost Everything, Notes on Hope. She's one of my favorite authors. Anyway, here's what she says. To have a few amazing friends on this side of eternity, this sometimes grotesque amusement park, is the greatest joy. We cannot depend solely on our spouses to dump on, to share our intimate thoughts with, or reveal our deepest truths to. Trust me, they have been through enough with us. Our yokes are heavy. And Lamont. Well, that's all for today, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Goodbye for now. <music>